This Rhythm and News podcast is brought to you by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Has new direction and hopes of being a model for how to train police officers to effectively deal with people uh, in the 21st century. And here this morning to talk about the commission, sure, and training law enforcement is Monica Alexander, executive director of the Criminal Justice Training Commission. Good morning, Monica. Good morning. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, Thank you Monica, so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And, and Monica, just to give context uh, for our listening audience, uh, many people might know you from uh, your former career as a with the Washington State Patrol for, uh, I believe, about 23 years, correct? That is correct. All right. Now, let's talk about the commission. And first of all, can you tell our listening audience a little bit about the commission and what it, uh, and what it is that the uh, commission is charged with? Absolutely. So the, the Washington, we're at a very unique place here in the state of Washington because around the country, a lot of um, the way they train police officers is different. The way we train is every police officer in the state of Washington must spend 720 hours at the Criminal Justice Training Commission for basic law enforcement training. Now, then they go on to their agencies and they learn about agency policy and they do what we call a field training. Um, They have a field training officer and they spend another few months in training. So they're not only training with us, but they get the basics from us. Um, The only agency that doesn't train at the Criminal Justice Training Commission for basic is the State Patrol, which has their own academy in Shelton but they still follow our curriculum very closely. Mm. All right. And, um, you know, Monica, for years we've heard cries from the community about, you know, more training for uh, law enforcement uh, officers across the state, especially as it relates to de-escalation and people living with uh, disabilities and mental health concerns. You know, how important is it for officers to receive, you know, proper training, especially across the board? I mean, we talk about, um, some of the basic trainings as far as shoot, don't shoot, um, and things of that nature. But uh, from your perspective, you know, how important is that, and and what does that really look like? Because I know, you know, from us, as, from the outside looking in, uh, as members of the community, we don't see a lot of the training that goes into place, um, and we often yeah. question it, but we have really have no idea what that training looks like. And that's that's a great point. You don't have any idea, and, you know, as we move out of this, pandemic phase, I I hope that we can have 
you know, a Citizens Academy and also have people know that, you know, if they set up an appointment, we can walk them through, kind of talk more about the training. But what I can say is that we are charged with training de-escalation. You said something very important a couple of seconds ago about shoot, don't shoot. And that's kind of, I hate to say, a little old. We're looking at shoot, de-escalation, you know, or really don't shoot. But we've got to teach officers how to de-escalate situations so that weapons don't have to come into play. And you also talked about mental health. We have been doing crisis intervention training for quite some time. And we all know that police officers aren't doctors. They're police officers. But at the same time, we should be able to recognize when we need to call in someone else or when someone is in a crisis and we de-escalate that situation by calming ourselves down first and then trying to calm down the person that is in the crisis. But in the, at the same time, trying to call in assistance, not back up always so we can, you know, put the person in cuffs and take them down. If a person is a danger to themselves or others, that, that has to happen. We have to put hands on. But if they're just having a crisis, that we can talk with them and talk them through it and keep our distance so we can stay safe as well, it doesn't turn into the crisis that it could be. So we're really trying to refocus on, you know, basic humanity. People have issues. People have mental health issues. People have a lot of things going on. And violence against or, you know, using force against the person because they're in a crisis doesn't help. That hurts. It, it just makes it worse. Right. And, Monica, speaking about, um, you know, having to deal with people, um, you know, where they are, where they come from. You know, when we talk about law enforcement officers, it's, just, it's the same scenario, right? Because you really have to meet people where they are um, and then that have that training, um, you know, impact them in such a way where they can properly kind of uh, be involved with the true community policing um, process or cycle that so many law enforcement agencies around the the state are to uh, adhere to or implement uh, at certain levels. Um, You know, with that being said, you know, with the curriculum that you guys have in place, you know, what does that look like in terms of uh, sensitivity training, uh, from a cultural uh, standpoint, uh, and just dealing with diverse cultures, knowing that you've got all these people who are just coming from different walks of life uh, who are looking to go into law enforcement. You know what? We couldn't do a better job if we tried with designing um, cultural competencies and understanding all the different communities that we're going to police. And I know a lot, there was a lot of pushback and people were very frustrated at our legislature, um, when I-940 passed and 1064. And, and, but it's, we're, that's coming to reality. We have had to build training that, um, like the intersection of history of race and policing, training on the LGBTQIA community, the Holocaust for humanity. I mean, we are, those trainings are coming out one right after the other because we want people to know we're policing everyone, not just someone. And it's so important to understand those cultural differences and the communities and the history that they bring with them. I mean, when you think about, you know, the civil rights movement and all the movements that have happened up until this day and after George Floyd, and we have got to listen. And the reason the drumbeat keeps getting louder 
is because we continue or have continued to do things the same way, even though people are saying that's not how we feel we should be policed. We want to be respected. We want to be treated like citizens and good community members. And, and we have to listen, and we are listening at the Criminal Justice Training Commission. One of the things I'm super proud of, and I don't know how many people would like this, but, you know, I have 21 bosses now. They increased the number of commissioners that oversee the commission from 16 to 21 um, in the 2021 session. And one of the things that's really great about that is the diversity that is on our commission. And when I say diversity, I don't mean just like female or, um, you know, your ethnicity. It is their different walks of life. And they give us a perspective that we may not have when we're making decisions about policies or we're making decisions about, um, you know, just how we move forward. Everybody's voice is at the table. And that, I feel like that design is great and it's going to work. Now, people have sat in on some of our commission meetings because they are public meetings. And since they're on Zoom, there's a lot more access. And it might look a little bumpy. And, you know, it is a little bumpy. But that's what happens when things are first started. It doesn't mean the inner workings of our training is bumpy. It means the how are we all going to work together and communicate and learn to listen to one another might be a little bumpy. But I'm really enjoying this position, and I'm honored to be here through this significant change. Right. And uh, let's talk a little bit about some of that change, because can can we talk a little bit about the impact that I-940 has had on the commission uh, and the training, and also you just mentioned uh, the state legislature made some changes, like they increased this uh, the, the size of the commission board from 16 to 21. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how that has impacted uh, the uh, commission uh, and how you guys have, you know, had to adapt or improve or whatever that looks like in in those changes that you feel are that are very positive and kind of move us in the right direction as it relates to the training for law enforcement officers. Well, and and let me just be clear. There's two different bills. The one that changed the commission from 16 to 21 was um, 50-51, and that was a ginormous bill and a lot to think about. And it mostly dealt a lot with certification, certification revocation, because every officer, and I should have said this in the very beginning, but every officer in the state has to not only be trained and given a commission, which is given by their law enforcement agency, they have to be certified by the Criminal Justice Training Commission. And so in order to be certified, you go through that 720 hours of training, We commit, they, the agency commissions them, we certify them. We also can take back our certification, and you may not be an officer in the state of Washington without a certification. So those two things are married. And if you can't get through the certification process or if you do something that violates um, the certification rules, then we can take that certification back. Now, there's a hearing. There's hearing officers. There's a lot of people. The AG's office is involved when we take away someone's certification. But there are some very clear and bright lines on what will get you cert- decertified. And so that's what 5051 did. Um, House Bill... 1064 gave us more training and different trainings. The training I talked about earlier with the intersection of history and race and policing, training on the LGBTQIA community, um, training for Holocaust for Humanity, because that bill was really trying to teach us how to get a better um, grasp and, and really start to integrate ourselves 
with our communities, which is what we should be doing. But, you know, we, it's all about training. And however you train people and the policies that you set and the accountability that you put in place, that is how your police are going to show up. And so I think we've all learned a lot over, over the last 20 years, let's say, and I believe we're heading in the right direction. And, yes, having those new commissioners, that's what 5051 did. So we've had a lot of, in this state, we've had a lot of reform bills come through in the last few legislative sessions, and it's been, it hasn't been a bad thing. It has been difficult because it seems like every session there's something new. And so, we, you know, we have to really put on our running shoes and, and understand the law and then start teaching the law and design curriculum that reflects the law. I'm here for it. I really enjoy it, and um, I, I enjoy the people I'm doing this work with. There are some people, obviously, that have said they want to get out of this business. They don't want to, they don't want to be looked over, over their shoulders at everything they're doing. I'm okay with it. And I'm not getting out of the business just yet. <laughs> right. And Monica, speaking of that, you know, you are fairly new to this uh, position. You know, how long have you been in, in this position uh, as the executive director of the Washington Criminal Justice Training Commission? Um, and, you know, what are some of the challenges that you've had, if any? So I was Sue Rar, uh, my predecessor, who was amazing, who was the first female sheriff in King County was in this position for t- almost 10 years. And I, she hired me as soon as I retired. Well, as soon as she got my notice from the state patrol that I was going to retire, she called me up and asked me to come and work. And I, I honestly didn't know what I was going to do, but I had admired Sue for years because of her courage and her ability to see things through a different lens, even when it wasn't popular to do so. And so I thought, man, I want to work for that lady. I don't know what I'm doing for her, but I sure want to work for her. And so um, I came in as advanced training division manager over time, um, about five or six months. Sue promoted me to deputy director, and then she sat me down and told me that she would like to recommend me for her job when she retired. And that was March 1st of last year when she retired, right in the middle of one of the biggest legislative sessions we've ever had. And, um, And then June 30th of last year, I was given the permanent position. So it's only been, as of June 30th, I've been the permanent executive director for one year. <laughs> wow. And, and, and like I said, and, and you've been involved during a time of, of a great deal of, of legislation, change, all these things going on with law enforcement and the community. Um, so I can only imagine, you know, how how things are shifting and changing, how you had to be very uh, adaptable to things that are going on in community and society as well. Absolutely, and I and, and I want to be completely transparent. My last four years in the state patrol, I worked as the legislative liaison. So working with the legislators is something that I was very familiar with. So at least I had that. This would have been almost impossible if I didn't have that. But just the opportunity to learn from our community members and our impacted family members and to be shoulder to shoulder with them while we're trying to make these changes has been awesome. I, I can't say that I haven't misstepped at all. I'm, I'm sure I have. But what I try really hard to do is listen and not make this a personal thing, make this more about how do we all get better together and it, it has been really, really fun. I, I get up really early in the morning and get to work real early because I really enjoy this. And the moment I stop enjoying it or feel like I'm not being effective, you will see that I will leave. 
because I want to have an impact on our community in a positive way, and I feel like they deserve that. And if I can't give it to them, I shouldn't be in this seat. Right. Monica, before I let you go, I have about two more questions. I appreciate your time this morning. I know that, and and you just talked about, you know, basically your commitment to this position. And I understand, you know, today was was one of your scheduled days off and you're doing this interview with us. So, (laughs) you know, I I really do appreciate you taking your time out this morning to to speak with us. Um, But with that being said, yeah. Um, What is your vision for the commission uh, moving forward? And also, uh, my last question would be, you know, how can people get more information or about the commission, what they do, uh, policies, procedures, all the kind of stuff? How can they get more information and, and have some involvement with the commission, for lack of a better term? Well, I, I encourage people to go to our website. We are doing everything we can to keep information, updated information, on our website about policies, about um, certification, certification revocation. As a matter of fact, if people go on our website, because people think that police officers are not held accountable, and they truly are. Um, it, it's you know every agency is different, and there's lots of um, collective bargaining agreements, which I completely respect. That we have to work around, but that, that's part of the agency's work. But when once a person comes to us and has been terminated, we have to do some work on that, even if it may not be for cause, which means that, you know, the agency may terminate them and it may not be something that we would re- revoke over. But if you go on our website and go into certification, you will see all the officers. I think it's probably over 10 years worth of officers that certifications have been taken away, and that's public knowledge. I encourage people to come to some of our commission meetings, especially as long as they're on Zoom and it's convenient for them. Maybe they can take their lunch break. Actually, our meetings are normally on um, there. We have quarterly meetings, but right now we've been having some special meetings because of policies and things that we've been trying to get into place and wax and rules. There's all kind of things that have to be done because of all the bills that were passed. But um, look on our website and our commission meeting dates are there. All of our commissioners' names and, and contact information is listed. Coming to those meetings are very eye-opening and enlightening. And I think that if, if our community members sit in on those meetings, um, I think they would find it very interesting, the things that are talked about. We cannot make decisions behind closed doors. Decisions must be made in those open meetings, which I like that, too, transparency going. So... Those are a couple of things that people can do right now. Um, and my vision for the, the what I my vision for the training commission is to continue to stay on the cutting edge of training. And in order to do that, we have to have a facility that really is cutting edge. And right now, you know, we are training more classes um, in a year and, and at, at a one time than we used to do in a year there. So right now, we have ten classes on campus. We also have advanced training classes. We also have what we call um, patrol tactics in service. We have equivalency going. So we have almost 400 people on a fairly small campus. So I would really love to see us get into a, a training facility that, that meets the needs. And so my vision is to get us there, also to do as much as we can to assist agencies in recruiting the right people to be in this profession. You know, I know that... Sometimes people think, why do we even need the police? Um, I I believe we need the police. Again, if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be here. But I also believe that we have to police our communities in a respectful manner and in a way that 
you know, we actually can be friends. We can actually talk and interact with our communities. I think that is so important. And if we're going to be present in the community, we should be present with respect and, and vice versa. Police officers want to feel respected. They want to feel appreciated. We have to try to figure out how we do that um, from both sides and make sure that um, we're hearing, we're really listening to our community. I think that that is the key, listening to our communities and making sure that we are coming to the table and talking about what our communities say. All right. Well, Monica, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show um, and for your commitment to all the work that you've been doing over the years, and more specifically now here more recently with the Washington State uh, Criminal Justice Training um, Commission. Uh, if you could, before you leave, if you can give out that web uh, web to your guys' website, that would be great. Absolutely. It's cjtc.wa.gov. So it's Criminal oh. Justice Training Commission initial cjtc.wa.gov. And just kind of dance around there and see some of the things that we're doing. I, I think you'll find it interesting. All right. Well, Monica, we definitely appreciate you having on this morning. We'd uh, like to get you on uh, periodically to provide updates uh, with what's going on with the commission and uh, training and things of that nature so we can just really have an open relationship and open dialogue um, with yourself and with the community. I absolutely appreciate that. Call me anytime. I'm here for you. All right. Have a great weekend. Thanks again. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.